Hi, and welcome to the Burning Ones podcast. Our desire is to see people all around the world burn for one name, Jesus. We pray that you experience the love and power of Him through this journey. Thank you for joining us, and may burning witnesses arise. This is what we see in Daniel chapter 7. He says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind as he lay on his bed. And then he drew, he wrote down the dream and related the following summary of it, right? So Daniel saw a lot and he summarized what he saw and he communicated the piece that we have there in Daniel seven. Um, but what we've been seeing out of recent days uh, is really leading us um, to not continue with the live sessions for a time, uh, but to really begin to get away and fast and pray. Um, these are days where you cannot substitute the voice of the Lord. Uh, you can't. There's no effective substitute for having the voice of the Lord in your life. Yeah. Right? For me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Um, but for you in your own heart, you need to have a way to be able to discern what God is actually saying. Yeah. Um, and we have through dreams and visions and just different inspired conversation. Um, Anna and I talk about everything, right? Everything. Um, so just even different inspired conversation about the season we're in, about yeah. this moment of history, about where our lives fit into um, the picture that God is painting, right? Because it's God's picture, which means it's a bigger picture than just my own life. It's a bigger picture than just my own gifting. It's a bigger picture than just my own desires, uh, right? I, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday and I said, man, in my early 20s, because the, the conversation was in the beginning days of life and ministry. And I said, man, in, in the beginning days, just to, be, just to be really honest, right? Super gifted, um, but also really immature in other ways, carried like, like, a, like a pride that, that hadn't yet um, found the crucible of God's grace for him to reveal it to me. Um, because at times there's things that are alive in our own hearts that until the mercy of God hits us and his grace is poured out on us, we don't even know certain things that are actually in there, certain things that are still yeah. alive and they reside um, on the inside of us. And so in the early days, um, knew I was gifted, knew I had vision, um, but also immature uh, because again, young in the Lord, recently being saved, right? There's something to that. Uh, Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3, um, that an overseer, right? People who are going to be established in the place of influence, one of the criteria is that they can't be a new convert so that they don't themselves fall into the same temptation of the devil. Um, so just because you're super gifted, just because you may carry an anointing, just because you're willing and you're zealous, right? This is not the criteria to plug people in. It doesn't matter how much influence, doesn't matter how much charisma, doesn't matter how dynamic of a, of a communicator or how much they can wield a gift. This is not the criteria. Paul says that they can't be a new convert. So they don't fall into the same temptation of the enemy. Mm -hmm. um, th there's something there. And so in the younger, more immature days, um, I, I was telling this person yesterday as we were talking on the phone, I said, you know, in the earlier days, I didn't have a vision that was much bigger than my own gifting. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I, I didn't have a vision that was much bigger than my own gifting, mm-hmm. than my own abilities. Um, but then as you, as you walk with the Lord, right? And as you go through different seasons of testing, different seasons of tension, um, different seasons of finding the wonderful embrace of the cross uh, and having his grace expose certain things, having his mercy highlight certain areas of our hearts that still need to be tenderized, um, that still need to be softened so that we can be led. Um, as you go through different seasons, you realize uh, it's not about your own ability. Um, it's about his ability. Yeah. Um, and the vision has to be much bigger than you. Um, and let me just encourage you, Jesus is a bigger vision than you. Um, and for that, you know, we, we have been discussing and, and all of that, the bigger picture, um, his picture that he's painting. Because we're alive for such a time as this, right? I, I know uh, as Christianese and as commercialized as that statement can become, uh, we really are alive for such a time as this. Yeah. As we've said uh, regularly, you weren't chosen for another time period in history. Um, we're not alive in the days of Constantine, in the days of Nero. We're not alive in the days of Hitler. Uh, we're not alive in a different period. We're alive now. We've been chosen for this unique moment in history. And God has a purpose mm-hmm. for this moment in history. Um, and it is an imperative that we lay hold of the voice of the Lord in our own hearts so that our lives are synchronized with God's purposes. So that our lives, so that our houses, so that our families, we are aligned, we are synchronized. We are in harmony with what it is that God is doing. And so that we don't find ourselves encountering Jesus along the way as they did in Joshua 5 and to say, whose side are you really on? Are you doing what I'm doing or are you doing what they're doing? This is not the question. The answer that he gave is no. Um, no to what? That doesn't seem like a right answer. I asked a different question. No to it all. Um, No to the question. No to the thought process. No to that whole mindset. No to setting yourself up that way. Um, You need to become sensitive to what it is that I'm doing. Um, And so we've been taking time to really try to lay hold of the voice of the Lord. Um, And part of that is we are entering into a season to kind of get low and get off the grid and fast and pray. Um, in the life of Elijah, you find something beautiful, right? When you go to first Kings 17, 18, uh, I know you may be thinking where you are. This has nothing to do with Daniel chapter seven. I've got it. We're getting there. Um, when you track with the life of Elijah, first Kings 17, 18, you find two statements that mark Elijah's life and you find them regularly as you track throughout in just those two chapters alone. You can find them many times. And it's this, Elijah, go show yourself. And then you find, Elijah, go hide yourself. Um, We live in a moment where everybody wants to go show themselves. Right? There's plenty of ways for you to go show yourself. Uh, Even if it's not the Lord telling you to do so. Um, There's many ways for you to go show yourself. In Elijah's life, it was the Lord telling him. Um, But we have many uh, systems and platforms for us to rise and shine ourselves, for us to grow and go ourselves, for us to show ourselves, Um, whether it be to the rest of the world, as social media has enabled us to do. Um, But what we don't find, uh, whether equal in proportion to or just any way at all, a motivation for people to go and hide themselves. 
to get off the grid, to get low, um, to tuck away with the Lord, to have influential moments and seasons um, where it's no longer necessarily about all of the hype, the hysteria, the attraction, the visibility, the lights that you can create um, out in a public forum, but it's about a personal sensitivity to the voice of the Lord and wanting to steward your life well, which means being beautiful in season, Ecclesiastes 3, for he has made all things a time and a season for every activity under heaven. Um, and what you find that marks Elijah's life is go show yourself, but then you also find a profound marking with go hide yourself. Uh, and I don't really believe that there was a greater enjoyment for Elijah in one or the other. Um, because it's not about showing or hiding. Um, it's about wanting to love him and wanting to love him well and joining him wherever he asks you to be. Um, and wherever it is that he's asking you to be is where you should want to be. Um, because if you want him, then you want to be where he is. And the invitation comes for you to join him in certain places, moments, seasons. Um, and such as it is with the invitation to get away and to fast and pray. Um, it, it's not for resume building. It's to join him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Yeah. It's to know the sweetness of this fellowship and to give yourself to him. And to not just be able to articulate, I want to love him, but to actually learn how to love him with your life. Um, and loving him with your life is to join him is to answer, it's to give a response to the invitation in different moments and seasons. Um, and, and part of that comes through um, what we know and discern through the invitations that God gives, and at times through dreams and visions. Uh, and this is, this is what we see in Daniel 7. Um, and maybe, maybe I'll read it in the different places where we find it. Um, we, we find... One, it's a short phrase. Um, it's at times three words. Daniel says eight times in chapter seven, I kept looking. Mm -hmm. um, he said, I, I, I know I saw something initially, but I kept looking. Yeah. Um, he says, I know that the dream began to unfold. He says, but I kept looking. Um, you you realize as, as well as I do that sometimes um, it's hard to linger a little longer mm -hmm. when we feel we've already heard or seen what it is that we've come for. Yeah. Um, it, it's difficult. It's difficult to linger a little longer when what we feel we were in it for has already been manifested. It's already been realized. It's already been apprehended. Um, but Daniel says in chapter seven, multiple times, um, right? So we have it in verse one. Um, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind. Verse two, as I was looking in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirred up um, as you jump down. In verse number six, after this, after what? What happened? Verse four as well. I kept looking until its wings. Yes. Verse four, I kept looking until its wings were plucked. Verse six, after this, after what? A after I had already seen something, after I had already experienced something in the dream and in the vision, um, I kept looking. After this, I kept looking 
and there was more to behold. <laughs> then in verse 7, after this, I kept looking in the night visions and there was more to behold. Mm -hmm. um, when you jump down, verse 9, I kept looking. Verse 11, then I kept looking. Verse 13, I kept looking. Um, and then, so Anna doesn't get me again. I want to make sure. And then, yes. Then the next one is down in verse 21. I kept looking. And that's just even him saying looking because there was other words that he uses like he was alarmed in his mind. Like that reveals, I think, the, the way he kept thinking about and looking on what he had already seen. So, yes, it is all in there. And, and in these days, we need real sensitivity to what the Lord is saying. And not just our hearts being familiar with what he said. Right. This is the beauty of certain things that we find in chapter seven is Daniel kept tracking with the experience. He followed it all the way through. The initial glimpse wasn't enough for him to check out, to feel like he had everything that he needed and then to try to set his life up. But he kept tracking in the encounter. He kept going in the experience. And it's it's referenced by this. I kept looking. Uh, there's something to be said about those of us that even though we've seen, we keep looking. Yeah. Even though we've heard, we keep looking. Even though we know that we've met with him, we keep seeking, we keep knocking, we keep going, we keep going after him. To linger a little longer than just the moments where certain things are revealed to us, certain things are imparted to us, certain things are opened up to us, certain experiences become ours, we keep looking we keep going um and this is this is what daniel is telling us and what's beautiful is uh, it's not just here you, you see it even in the life of abraham right the, the sensitivity to still be listening for the voice of the lord even as he's on the mountaintop as he's about to drive the knife into the life of his son a few moments prior the word that came to him offer your son to me I'll show you where he obeys. He's tracking with the word of the Lord. He knows what it is that God has said. He gets to the foot of the mount. You guys stay here. This isn't for some public spectacle. This isn't for, you know, lights, camera, action. You guys stay here. Me and the boy are going to go to the top of the mount to go worship. He goes to the top because the sacrifice is between him and God. It's not for everybody else. It's not for the onlookers. It's not for the critics. It's not for the haters. It's not for the spectators. It's not for anything. It's between him and the Lord. And so he goes to the top and he's up on the top. And as he straps his son down and he lifts the knife, all of a sudden, right, he keeps listening. He's still sensitive to the voice of the Lord. Yeah. And the Lord tells him, no, 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 wait. Right? J just think... Um, Possibly how many times in our lives because we haven't kept looking because we haven't kept listening yeah. because we haven't remained open and sensitive. Um, quite possibly we've killed something God wanted us to keep. Wow. Quite possibly we've killed something that God wanted us to keep. 
Um, but what am I saying? I'm saying that Abram lifted the knife because he knew what God said. But yeah. if he wasn't sensitive to what God was saying, really he would have killed something that God ultimately wanted him to keep. <laughs> we need sensitivity to what the Lord is saying. Um, we need to have discernment to continue tracking with the word of the Lord. Yeah. We need insight. We want to be jealous for understanding. We want to keep leaning in so that our hearts can continue to be enlightened by the continuation of tracking in and with his voice. And what we don't want to do is see something, hear something, think we know it all, set our lives up and then have our hearts become hardened to God being able to say anything else about what we feel he's already said. Yeah. Um, let's just, let's just ask it this way, but because Abram could have said, no, 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 you don't get it. You can't talk about that anymore. I already know what you've said pertaining to this. It's off limits. I'm going to follow through with what I originally heard, right? The, the, I already know what God said about this. So I'm not even open to you speaking into or about this anymore because I've already secured a word historically about this. And we're tracking with a word, which is the word of the Lord. Right? That's what makes it tough. We're tracking with a word of the Lord. But when our hearts are hardened and we're no longer sensitive to his voice and we're no longer open to his leading and we stop looking, we stop listening, um, we grow calluses on certain things because of mindsets, perspectives, ways that we've set our life up, things that we've entered into, places of obedience, seasons of um, engaging the word of the Lord. But had Abram had he not been open to hear what God was saying, um, he would have killed something that God wanted him to keep. Yeah. Man, praise God that Abram kept an ear to hear what the Spirit was saying. Um, we need real ears to hear what the Spirit is saying yeah. in these days. Um, we need to fine tune our ears and our hearts to the voice of the Lord. Um, Elijah, not, not just for his own livelihood, right? Not just so that he could um, keep himself alive, because I believe that that definitely was part of it. Um, the word of the Lord through him was stirring up trouble uh, on a national scale, on a regional scale. Um, and so there were times where they were looking for him and he was to go hide himself. But I don't believe that it was just for self-preservation. Uh, I believe it was so that he could enter into the crucible um, that his life in God was bigger than his own gifting. Yeah. It was bigger than his own unique responsibility in the moment of history that he was alive. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that it was the continual training so that his heart could be sifted of all of the worldly ambition, right? That was going to try to build a stage bigger than the place that God had asked him to stand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, go hide yourself. Nah, listen here, bro. Like you don't understand. We got a good thing going. We are riding the wave of momentum. Woo! People are tracking with us now. Don't you understand? When I released that word in front of Ahab, boy, it put me on the map. And now people know who I am on a national scale. This can't be the season to go hide. It can't be. It doesn't make sense. It can't be the time. Um, and it's important that we identify um, the voice in our hearts that is motivating us to do certain things. Um, I, I've mentioned it here before, but I love what one man of God has to say.
um, without accountability, <laughs> um, without accountability, I, I just had to laugh for a minute for how hard it hit my heart, even in this moment. Um, without accountability, um, the voice of God can sound a lot like your own. Mm -hmm. um, we have to be able to identify, right, where the motivation um, when we say, this is what the Lord is leading me to do. Why? How did you arrive there? Um, what things were informing you and influencing you to believe that that's something that God was saying? Um, is it because it always leads to bigger and better? Uh, is it because it always leads to safer and more comfortable? Um, is it because it always seems to lead to more provision, bigger platform? Um, is it because it always seems to lead to greater responsibility, brighter lights, uh, right? We, we need to be able to identify. Um, and this is the beauty that we find. Daniel says, man, I just kept looking. I didn't understand it all, but I just kept looking. Yeah. Man, I didn't really know what it, what it was that was being communicated to me, but I just kept looking. Like I just chose to linger longer in the place. I wanted to be with him and what he was unveiling, what he was revealing, what he was showing to me. I just wanted to keep tracking with him in the place of his voice. Praise God that Abram chose to keep tracking and i'm sure that isaac is really glad um i'm sure isaac is super excited um that his dad chose to keep listening um mm -hmm. like hey dad like i trust you and all and um things are looking pretty crazy right now um like hey we've never been here before like you tied me down um like hey man that looks like a pretty sharp knife what are you gonna do with that like you said that god has a sacrifice like he's gonna provide um, I hope it's not me that he's going to make provision with, uh, but I trust you, right? I'm sure Isaac is super excited, right? Obviously we're framing things in historically. Um, I'm sure Isaac was really glad that his dad kept on listening, <laughs> that his dad kept on listening and that he didn't just follow through with what he knew he first heard, right? We want to keep on hearing it affects more than us it does i don't know if everybody heard you oh i just said because it affects more than us like our our obedience to continue to lean in and listen and yield to those moments actually affects not only us but i know as us as a family it affects our kids it affects the life and flow of the family so it's not only our decisions and i think at times it's it's easy to look at that as a married couple with kids, but even as single people, I would encourage you, like the decisions you're making are actually affecting more than just you, than what you see right now. And so I think even this word, like leaning in and listening goes beyond what we can all even frame in to even understand in this moment. Yeah, because we don't want to become a disruption because of our disobedience, mm -hmm. right? We want to be in the right place at the right time. And wherever that is, I promise you this, it's where he's invited you to be. Um, and so if you think that there's a better place for you to be, um, yes, he's loving. Yes, he's gracious. Yes, he's kind. Yes, he's always through his loving intentions going to try to correct us and going to try to move us through different seasons and circumstances to ultimately bring us into obedience with things that he's already revealed. Um, but sometimes we chart for ourselves a much longer pathway to get where we know that it is he's asking us to be. Mm. And what I mean by we don't want to be a disruption because of our disobedience. Um, think of Jonah, right? Like I know the word of the Lord, but I'm just not really feeling it. Like I don't want to do that. So I'm going to do my own thing. 
And Jonah becomes a disruption for others that are on the boat, right? The storm hits the boat. The storm <laughs> doesn't only hit Jonah's portion of the boat, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not like that little rain cloud. Yeah, I can't remember the dude's good. name um, in Charlie Brown uh, that used to have the little, the little rain cloud. Anyways, um, but it's not like a little rain cloud only hovered over Jonah's portion of the That's boat. Good. Um, a storm hit the whole boat. Hmm. And they all felt like their lives were in jeopardy. And so through a series of events, they were able to identify who actually brought the storm upon the boat. And it's super funny to me, at least when I read it this way, uh, right? At times you can read the scriptures with a comical lens. Uh, it's super funny to me. It's like, oh no, you're the problem? No, get him off. He's gotta go. Like, no, you're not bringing trouble to my doorstep. No, bro, he's got to go. Get rid of him. Like, you're the reason? It's because you're running from what God said to you that the storm hit all of us? No, 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 no. Now you're a disruption to all of us? No, he's got to go. Like, I don't care where you go. You just can't be here anymore. Right? Like, is what they say. Throw him off. Like, you just can't be on our boat. Like, you've brought a whole lot of trouble onto our boat. Uh, this is a man who knew what God was saying, but he just didn't want to be where God was inviting him to be, hmm. right? He didn't want to be where God was inviting him to be, right? This is what we find in the life of Elijah. I just want to be where you're inviting me to be. Yeah. Um, it's not about star power. It's not about fame. It's not about wielding, gifting, and creating opportunities for myself. I just want to be wherever you're telling me to be. I know that I was just on a national platform. I know I was just prophesying to kings. I know the word of the Lord is coming to fulfillment. I know that it will prevail. I know the heavens shut up because I released that word and it's not going to rain. Uh, but now you want me to go hide myself. Okay, great. Let's do that then. Um, because I'm not trying to connect the dots. I'm not trying to leverage different moments and seasons and times to create a picture for myself that you may not be painting. Um, I just want to be wherever you tell me to be. Yeah. I just want to do whatever it is that you're saying to do. Really? Okay, great. I'm going to test that. <laughs> right? I I'm going to test that. Um, really? That's what you want? You just want to do whatever I tell you to do? You just want to love me for me? You just want to be where I am? Okay, cool. I'm going to test that. Go hide yourself. Right? Uh, again, we, we live in a moment where everybody wants to go show themselves. Um, and, and social media has a... Uh, way that allows us or avails us with the opportunity to show ourselves to a much bigger audience possibly than what we've been authorized for. Um, and I say it that way intentionally. Um, we were having a discussion about these things the other day um, and the statement went something like this. Um, some of us quite possibly right now are working with a zip code anointing but because of social media we have a global platform. Um, social media has given us a global presentation, even though we only have authorization for a zip code anointing. Um, right, Luke 16, 10, we wanna be faithful with little, so that as we are faithful with little, he who oversees our faithfulness, our stewardship of what we've been entrusted with, he can breathe on it. He can reward us for seasons of stewardship and he can reward us with more or with much. He who is faithful with little shall be rewarded with more or with much. 
Um, but the reward comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from subscribers or likes or being able to generate a following um, in your own power by your own means. Uh, and that's why we have to be careful. Uh, we have to be careful to keep looking. Yeah. We have to be careful to keep listening. Um, we're, we're living in days where massive platforms have been established. And then when the crucible hits them, when it gets tested by fire, um, we're seeing a lot of heartbreaking things. Um, we're seeing a lot of heartbreaking things. Um, and, and that's, that's all over the place. Um, but our hearts need to be sensitive to the voice of the Lord. Yeah. And we need to be where he is saying to be. Um, you want to be wherever it is that God is saying to be. Yeah. And that's, that's in every area of life. Um, that, that's in every area of life. And you can break it up. Um, into different compartments, into different categories. Um, what, what's the word of the Lord? What is the word of the Lord? I've got to get a hold of the voice of God. Um, again, there's no effective substitute for the word of the Lord, for having ownership of what God is saying to you. There's no substitute. Um, there's no substitute. But this is what we find. Daniel says, um, I, keep, I, I kept looking. Um, I, I just kept on looking. Um, and especially in the season that we've all been in and the things that we've been going through, uh, we need real-time navigation, right? Like we need real-time navigation. Um, we need a day-to-day -day dependency on the voice of the Lord. Sure, there are certain overarching bigger picture words, yes, but we need the day-to-day -day navigation as to the way that God is working those things out as to the way that he is leading us day by day as he is creating those pathways. Because what we don't want to do is take these bigger picture words and then find our own way as to the best way we think it is in order to arrive at certain destinations or outcomes, uh, spaces and places. We need day-to-day -day dependency to be able to cling to the Lord to have a jealousy to hear him day by day, for our hearts to be sensitive as we've entered into the crucible of testing and real tension, to know what it is that God is actually saying. Um, and we're not just forming the word of the Lord out of our own desires. Um, it's a dangerous place to be. Well, this is what I want, so it's got to be what God wants. No, that's not what the scripture says. Um, the scripture says, as you delight yourself in the Lord, that he will then give you the desires of your heart. Um, but that's because as you make him everything, you find that your desires become transformed. Yeah. And so because you want him, he is able to put his desires in you. Um, and he delights to give you the desires that he has birthed within you. Desires that he has made to come alive within you. And so the crucible of delight transforms our desires to where we want what he wants. And he says, yes, of course I can give you that. I gave you that desire. Yes, I can let you have that. I'm the one that put that in you. Um, delight yourself in the Lord. Um, not delight yourself in your own gifting, not delight yourself in your own career path, not delight yourself in the system of the world and all of its attractions and all of its lusts, but delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, 
we all know this, but we have to come to a place where we love Jesus more than we love those other things. Um, and there is no space or place when that is tested in a greater way than when we feel like it is being taken away from us. <laughs> um, what you fight to keep control of reveals to you um, areas where he may not control the conversation in your heart the way that you think he does. Mm -hmm. um, in no way does it reveal. Um, the, the best way is when we feel like it's being taken away from us. Right? And this is what it says about Abram. Right? Wait, don't do it. I know. Originally asked you to kill him, but I really want you to keep him. Right? So don't kill something God wants you to keep. Um, but you've got to remain sensitive. I know that I asked you to kill him, but I want you to keep him. But what does he say after that? He says, now I know that I can bless you the way I've always wanted to bless you. Yeah. Now I know that everything I've ever said to you, I can fulfill it. Every word I've ever released to you, I'm going to see it fully manifested. He says, because you were unwilling to withhold anything in your heart from me, even your own son, Isaac. Um, man, may we want, want Jesus more than all of these other things. Yeah. Right? And, and, and that's the Lord speaking to Abram. That, that's not my own interpretation. You can track all the way back. That's the Lord speaking to Abraham. Because I know that there was nothing that you would withhold from me in your heart. Right? There's nothing that you wanted control over. Um, there's nothing that like you were fighting to keep. Right? And this is what we see in Elijah's life. Go show yourself. Yeah, I just want to be wherever you are. Okay, now go hide yourself. But man, I like the way showing yourself feels. It feels a lot better. Man, like this hide your stuff. Like, like hide yourself. Like, man, this is for somebody else. Like, I, I don't enjoy this. Right? There's things about it. Right? We, we need to be discerning as to how we arrive um, at certain decisions or determinations. Um, and this is, again, here. Daniel is wrapped up. And eight times. I just kept looking. Um, I, I, just, I just kept looking. I just wanted to linger with him. I just wanted to stay engaged. And I didn't want to check out. I, I didn't want to feel like I had already seen enough. I, I didn't want to feel like I had already heard enough from him in order to go do the things I wanted to do. Um, but but I, just, I just stayed. I, I just stayed close. I just stayed sensitive. Um, th this is what we're seeing. Um, these are days to stay close. Yeah. Um, th these are days to stay close. What exactly does that mean? God is always close. Okay. Uh, yep, I get that. Um, in the first fasting book, uh, I included a statement that said, the day-to-day -day practices of your life will radically affect how aware you are to how real and how near he is. Um, the day-to-day -day practices of your life will radically affect how aware you are 
right? God is always aware that he's real and he's near. <laughs> it's not his awareness of these things that needs to be altered. Um, he understands. Uh, I'm sorry, the chair is super yeah. uncomfortable, right? <laughs> I'm good, I'll just stand. Ay, ay, ay. Um, he is aware of how real and how near he is. Um, but you know it as well as I do. The day-to-day -day practices of our life, they alter our awareness. They alter our awareness. Yeah. Um, so when I say these are, these are days to stay close, I mean a full and thorough evaluation of the day-to-day -day practices of our life. Um, because if you're just not feeling it, and I'm not talking about feelings, right? I'm not talking about like emotionalism and goosebumps, um, but it is very real and it is very true. When you begin to thoroughly go through the day-to-day -day practices of your life um, and you let the Lord begin to speak about certain things and um, practices and things that either occupy or dominate your attention and, and, and just your activities and on and on and on. When you give the Lord the freedom to actually engage you in the conversation of these things, uh, what you're going to find out real quick is that he is very excited to speak about some of these things. Yeah. Um, you're going to find out he's very willing. Oh, God doesn't care about any of that stuff. Give him the place and the space. Uh, open up your heart. Engage that conversation. Start that conversation. Um, Lord, here's my life. Is there anything about my life day to day that's affecting how aware of you I am. Is there anything, anything I'm engaged in, anything that I'm doing, any habit or hobby? Um, is there anything, is there anything about my life that is affecting how aware I am of how real you are, of how near you are? I promise you, if you start that conversation, he's going to speak to you. And you're going to find out that he's very excited to speak to you. Um, because he wants you not just to know it theologically, but to live in the practical reality of it experientially. Yeah. Where it overwhelms you, wholly overwhelms you. And to where that awareness, right, that sensitivity begins to create the frames as to how you see the world and interact with the world. Um, as to how you engage different things that you're going through. Um, you're going to find that as he begins to speak, that he wants us to live, right? I just kept looking, right? These are days to get close, to allow him to speak yeah. to whatever it is that may be alive in our lives that is aiding in the distance that we feel. The distance is not real, but the feeling of distance may be very real to our hearts. Um, the feeling of distance may be, weird, may be very real to our hearts. Um, and so we do and say things out of the distance that we feel. We create perspectives and mindsets out of the distance that we feel. Uh, right? That's the issue in Ezekiel chapter 8. Right? The hand of the Lord comes on him. Rips him up out of his body. He's suspended between the heavens and the earth by the spirit. All of a sudden in spirit travel, he goes to Jerusalem. The spirit is showing him the idolatrous behavior of leaders in the temple and all of these national figures. And what do they say in Ezekiel chapter 8? 
What do they say is motivating those behaviors? They say in Ezekiel chapter 8, God has forgotten about us. He's no longer looking at us. He can't see us anymore. He's turned away from us. Right? The, the, the distance wasn't real, but the feeling yeah. of distance was real. And so they turned to other things. Um, the feeling of distance was real to them. And it created idolatrous behavior. Wow. They began to worship other things. They began to form idols. They began to engage others because they felt like the eyes of the Lord were no longer on mm -hmm. them. He had departed from them and he was no longer interested in where they were or what they were doing. The feeling of it was real to them. Um, and as we create a space in our heart, the Lord speaks to those things. And it's to shorten the distance in our own awareness. Um, it's to reconcile that gap in the place of what we feel, right? Again, not, not emotionalism, not goosebumps and tingles and all of this madness, but, but I'm talking about in what we feel and then the life that we set up based off of the reality of those feelings. Wow. Um, it's, it's time to eliminate that gap. Yeah. Um, and the day-to-day -day practices of our lives, they heavily influence the way we feel about how real and how near he is. Um, and so when I say like these are days to get close and to stay close, I'm not talking about as if God is distant. I'm talking about the distance that we feel in our hearts based off of how we've set our life up. Yeah. Um, man, I'm telling you, sell the farm, like empty it all, like turn everything else away and look at Jesus. Do whatever you have to do to dig a well in the secret place. Like, do whatever you have to do, as awkward as it is, as, as uncomfortable as it may be, as weird as it may be, in order for you to linger longer in the place of beholding him, being with him, sustaining your gaze upon him, and stabilizing your heart to be sensitive to him at all times through offloading whatever it is that may be a part of my life that causing me to be unaware of him, I'll get rid of it all. I'll check out from everything. I'll offload anything you tell me to offload because I have to know that you're with me. I have to be yeah. sensitive to how real, to how near you are. And whatever is affecting that, I have to see it as an enemy. Um, I have to see it as an enemy. Uh, and it doesn't have to be um, bad. It doesn't have to be corrupt in order for it to be an enemy. Right. Um, anything that's an enemy of awareness, um, it's got to go. It's got to go. Um, and so it's not rules and regulations. Uh, no, it's not a one size fits all. It's not a blanket application that lands nicely and neatly on everybody. Um, there may be things that are radically affecting you that until you gave him the space to speak, you did not realize how detrimental they were yeah. to your awareness of him. Um, when I say stay close, it's because God is close, but our hearts are so prone to wander. Um, we have so many other things to do, so many other places to go, so many other things to look at. Um, Psalm 16, 8, David says, I continually set the Lord before me. And I just kept looking. <laughs> I continually set the Lord before me. And it's like, there you are. And as I'm going throughout my day, there you are. And then I engage something. And it's like my vision begins to alter. And I'm like, whoa, 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 things are getting fuzzy. Where, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Oh, no, 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 it's got to be this. Okay, can't do this anymore. Boom, there you are again. 
It's like, man, I didn't realize how difficult it was to see you. I didn't realize how hard it was to sense you, to be aware of you uh, until I began to ask you, but there you are again. I'm not talking about sitting in a cave somewhere. I'm talking about in the reality of being responsible in life, in real time, to have an awareness of him, to be sensitive. I continually set him before me and I just kept looking because I've got to know where you are. I've got to know where you're going. I've got to know what you're saying. And anything that is affecting that, I've I've got to push it to the side because I don't want to enjoy things that are ruining my awareness. I don't want to engage things out of desire, out of ambition, out of whatever that are ruining awareness. But there he is. And this is, this is what I hear um, coming out of Daniel in chapter 7. I just kept looking. Um, because I wasn't necessarily in it for the vision. Yeah. I was in it for him. And as far as he was willing to take the vision, he was the vision. And so I just kept looking. I wasn't in it just so that I I could stay close enough until I got the dream that I wanted. No, no, he's become my dream. And so I just kept looking. Right, I wasn't only in it until I got that breakthrough word. And so now I'm ready to kind of, you know, do my own thing for a little while until I need another breakthrough word or until times get tough and in case of emergency, break glass. Now it's time to get close to Jesus again. No, 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 no. He became the dream. He became the vision. He became everything to me, right? Take the world, but give me Jesus. He became everything to me. All all I wanted was him. Um, And so wherever he was is where I wanted to be. Um, this, is, this is the heart of what I hear when we read these verses in Daniel 7. I just kept looking. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We pray that it has fanned into flame the love that you have for him. If you would like more information about Burning Ones, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media, visit our website, burningones.org, or download our app.